Uninvisible is a support podcast that deals squarely with medical issues that present unique advocacy issues for individuals. We do not provide medical advice. Please consult with your physician for any medical issue that you are facing. Information and comments that you send to us are governed by our terms of service and privacy policy which are available on our website located at uninvisiblepod.com. The opinions expressed by guests are their own and are not necessarily the opinion of Uninvisible or the show sponsors. Any advertising that you may hear is accepted without regard to our editorial content. Welcome to Uninvisible. I'm your host, Lauren Friedman. And I'm here with my guests to bring you info, insights, and inspiration for coping with, diagnosing, and treating invisible illness. We're here oversharing, so you don't have to struggle with invisibility anymore. Okay, guys, thank you so much for joining us. I am here today with an awesome patient advocate, Jen Masumba. Jen is here to talk about living with autism spectrum disorder, and we're going to get into everything. So, Jen, thank you so much for being on the show today. You're welcome, Lauren. It's so nice to meet you. And one of the things I mentioned to you when I reached out to you at first was that you bring so much joy to my social media feed. So it's especially nice to have you on the show to, to bring some joy into everyone who's listening to their lives today. Thank God. Appreciate it. Yeah. So let's start from the very beginning. Can you tell us when and how you got diagnosed and what you've done to manage the way that you feel and, and move through the world every day? Well, I guess when I got diagnosed, I actually wasn't aware of, because I was, I've been in placements and like hospitals and residential schools since I was 15. Okay. So I don't even know at what point I was diagnosed because a lot of times they wouldn't talk, tell me, talk to me about my own stuff. Do you think that's because they presumed that like you wouldn't get it? Yeah. Or Which is they, ridiculous, really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They never would tell me like in detail about my own stuff. They So I really wasn't aware till like I think my might have been my family or something like told me. And yeah, it sounds like you were a teenager, though, when you became aware. No, I was older. I was even older. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I was an adult for sure. But wow. uh, but I guess how I've been managing, I guess once I did find out, it got easier because I didn't hate myself so much because mm-hmm. I thought like it was just me being ridiculous or me not like me. Mis- I was constantly un- misunderstanding people and misinterpreting people. And I get really upset about people would say something and I take it the wrong way. I didn't understand what they're meaning and I'll get very upset. And then everyone around me was kind of like, what's your problem, you know, and I wasn't, I wasn't very well received. And so I didn't like myself because I felt like, why am I like this? Why are you so stupid? Or why are you so, why, why are you so ridiculous? Or, you Mm -hmm. know, I just thought I was. So it sounds like you felt like you were really isolated and like you, you didn't have people around you that you could honestly communicate with like it felt like there was a disconnect in communication right with a lot yeah, of the people, with people I didn't know yeah you know, all my family I was fine with because I was always with them and they understood my quirks and things mm. but with I didn't really have friends or people um that I that I could make connections with too well at that time and I I had a lot of behavior 
behavioral issues too from that, I believe. Mm. Well, I mean, I bet because that's the kind of thing when you're socially isolated as well. And when you're struggling to find people to understand you, of course, there are going to be like emotional and physical reactions to that kind of reality. Yeah. It's like, I didn't know how to get like attention properly. And I didn't know um, how, when I was upset, I didn't know like how to talk about it. And I would just do other things. To right. cope with everything. So you felt better because you felt like when you got diagnosed, you were able to actually understand yourself more and, and understand the world around you in a in a more more clear way. Is that right? Definitely. Well, when I was made aware of my diagnosis. Right. <laughs> I should say when you were made aware, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess I I I mean I, I knew I knew I knew autism was. I didn't know like a lot. I thought it was like like if you had autism, like you couldn't talk and stuff. Like I wasn't really, um, I wasn't really like aware of that, that it was a spectrum so much. Mm-hmm. So I was a little like, but you know, um, I, I started to realize like, Oh, that's, that's why everything is so confusing. And that's why I, everything is too loud. It's not me being picky or, or, or you know, I'm needing needing all this um, accommodation. It's it really is loud to me, and that's that's valid. And yeah. I started to realize that I wasn't just being that way, or I wasn't just being like a picky or hard to be mm-hmm. around person. And do you think that once you were made aware of of your how your life was going to be affected? that you were actually able to start finding community and finding others like you and and understanding the entire spectrum in a whole new way too? Yeah, I started to understand myself. And I really don't know a a lot of people like like that have similar diagnosis as me. I am like I am now I'm making more friends now that I've been doing what I'm doing. But I mostly was around your typical people or whatever Mm -hmm. you would called but um it's tough that, like you're very good you mentioned to me before we started the interview mm-hmm. that you're not picky about language but it's like it's kind of hard to find the right words yeah so many of the words that we use around chronic illness and diagnoses are like they're they have negative connotation and yeah really bad things yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so I I just um yeah I, I started to make more 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 connections I think and people understood me more too when they kind of knew what was going on, they they were like a little more patient, I think, or a little more understanding of why I was was being why I have the the, the problems I was having. Yeah, and do you know where you are on the spectrum? Can you share that with us? I don't know. I I know they have numbers, but I don't I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm I mean, I'm very high functioning. I don't yeah. a lot of people don't like that term either. But like you know, I'm I but um. Yeah, so I I get along quite well, but I still have someone with me like 24 hours a day where I live because some things can get really hard, but mm-hmm. then other things I'm like really good and really fine at. Right. So it's like some things are still really difficult and then other things like I'm doing better than most people. And <laughs> Yeah. So what are some of the things? Can you talk to us about mm-hmm. some of the things that, that you struggle with sometimes? I definitely like when I'm out out in the world in the community um like I need to be with uh, somebody either my staff person or a family member or friend well if there's a lot of people 
um, I need to kind of like, usually I'll, um, for example, I went to Disney a few days ago. You did. Yeah. And that was yeah. a trip that was designed for a group of people with autism <laughs> spectrum disorders. Yes. And, yeah. um, my staff was with me. Her name is Lindsay. And, I like the way I navigated through Disney was to keep my hand like on her shoulder because Mm -hmm. there's just so many people. I felt like a lot, so lost. And then I would just look down at my feet while we were walking through this sea of people. And I probably would have just like frozen up if I didn't have somebody to help me through that. But isn't it great that you have someone too? So you're able to be in those situations and feel comfortable. Yes, very. Yeah, especially at Disney because it's super fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's really interesting because it, you know, I don't love crowds either. Yeah. <laughs> like honestly, a lot of the time I don't want to be alone in those situations too. And and how we react to stimulus in that way. Um, you know, at, this is where it's like it, it can be such a fine line, I guess, between yeah. this understanding of what autism is and, and how how to exist in the world, you know? I mean, it sounds like though you pretty much, as soon as you were aware of everything, you really felt validated and and gained self-acceptance pretty quickly. It doesn't sound like it was as much of a struggle at that point for you, was it? Um, No, I was still having a lot of, um, like, my, my, like, behavior, behavior problems didn't just go away. I still had to really work really hard mm-hmm. controlling myself when I would have like a feeling because I would get like these feelings to just like run into the wall. It, it was just like, I had this, like this, I didn't know where I was in space and I would just like hit my head all the time. Or if I felt this energy inside, I didn't know what to do. I would literally just like run into something. It was, like that it's it's very much night and day between the way things were for me and the way things are now and have you like talked to your doctors and stuff and come to understand why it was that you were reacting in ways like that before or is it just really about behavior modification and, and understanding healthier ways so that you don't hurt yourself when you're reacting to situations I think it was more like the staff I work with would help me. The one, the one, the one person I was with for years and years, she, she knew me so well that she would know before it would happen. Mm-hmm. She'd say, Jen, I think it's kind of loud and we should go outside. What do you think? Or something because yeah. she started to know. So she kind of showed me how to figure it out for myself. And so- she, she would realize it before. And then tell me, and then I would be like, oh, that's how it feels before the bad thing happens. Mm. And I would start recognizing that feeling myself and not needing her to tell me, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's really wonderful that you've been able to bridge the gap in your own understanding with the help of the people who've been, you know, with you throughout this journey. So it sounds like you had people who acted as advocates for you, who have enabled you to become your own advocate. How has that changed your relationship with yourself as you've grown Mm -hmm. to not just acceptance, but being able to like live in the world in your own way more comfortably. Yeah. My confidence is like so much better. Uh, My self-esteem always was really bad and now it's much better. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm more sure of myself. I will take more chances now before I would not go outside my routine. I would not eat at a restaurant. I didn't know the menu. I would not go to a place where I wasn't sure exactly what it would be like. 
and I really restricted myself. And so once my confidence went up and my self-assurance that I could handle myself in a situation better, then I started to try more things. And then I started to really become like my full potential self. Yeah. I mean, it's cool because I, I find that like having gotten to know you through social media, um, one of the things that you always do is that you're always up for trying new things and you find yes. a lot of joy in that, which is what makes it so nice to to follow your energy, you know? Um, and it's exciting to watch you experience new things because it's a really great reminder to find that much joy in, in these yeah. different experiences, isn't it? Yeah, I get very, now I get very, it used to be anxiety before experience. I still get anxiety, but I also get excitement. Yeah, very closely related. (laughs) Yes. And I like to, I like, I think one of the things I love to do, like on my channel, on my YouTube and stuff is to, to do a new thing and then be honest about how I'm feeling before, during, and after. So I don't just like do the thing and say, oh, I did it. But I like to kind of record my feelings Mm -hmm. about it so people can see that, oh, see, she was nervous and anxious about it. So that's okay to feel that way. And if they want to try something new, maybe they can see by my example. Absolutely. When I talk through it, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And especially because you have a, a more specific way of understanding the situation, from the perspective of someone who can be triggered by different stimuli, um, you know, when the, when those stimuli are too loud or too big or, you know, um, it's I'm sure it's really helpful for people, especially not only to understand what you're going through, but also if they're going through things like that themselves. Yes. Yeah. So what does a typical day look like for you? How do you, you know, go through the day as you're managing managing not getting yourself in situations that are too uncomfortable and and yet trying to challenge yourself. Yes. Well, what I do is I always kind of plan my week coming up. Mm -hmm. And um, so I I plan the days right now where I live, like we have vocational time during the day where we'll get paid for that time. So Mm. now I'm working outside of the facility. So I actually work in the community. I've been helping my Mm. church do different things in their office. And so they will tell me, oh, we need your help with this on Wednesday. So I'll make my schedule and then I'll schedule my other things. Um, acting class is coming up and everything. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and, I'll, and then I'll um, schedule that out. So I know every day what I've got the next day. And um, I just kind of go for whatever it is that day. And mm-hmm. um, But sometimes there's a wrench stone in the plan. And yeah. that's really hard. You addressed I, that when you were going to Disney World, didn't you? About how yes. you guys like nearly didn't make it out of the parking lot. Yes. And, yeah. So how do you manage your reaction to those situations? Um, it used to be really bad. And a lot of times I would lose out on the opportunity because there was a wrench zone and I would lose control of myself before I even got to do the thing. Hmm. So it's kind of, I miss, I would, I, I kind of learned like maybe sometimes there's a wrench in the plan, but it doesn't mean the plan is canceled. It's just changed. I had to learn that because I used to think um, my mom says, I think black and white, like either it's all or nothing, either it's a yes or no. It's not like, well, we could modify this. It's never in my mind. Right. And I used to just go all the way with it's ruined. It's over. We can't do it. Mm-hmm. When really there might be another way around. If I just, Breathe for a minute. We can think of a way to solve it. 
Yeah, absolutely. So how have you learned those coping strategies? Are you, are you like in an assisted living facility right now too, where you're getting help as you're learning to manage your own reactions? Yes. I don't get like formal like class or anything, but, but my, like when I'm with my staff, they know me well. So they'll, they kind of know when I'm getting upset about something that, that, that got changed and they'll say, Hey Jen, like, let me figure it out or we'll do this or we'll call so-and-so. So they help me through it and they remind me to just be calm. And so they really mm. help me. And then the more I do it with their help, the more I can kind of do it on my own. Absolutely. Well, you've become so independent, which is so exciting, you know, that yes. you're really living such a full life and <laughs> and always finding joy. I mean, you're like the happiest person on my feed. Um, so have you been in situations where maybe someone didn't understand what was going on with you and you had to justify to them that you were, you know, that you needed special treatment for something or that, you know, you had a spe- specific reaction to stimulus where someone just really didn't get what was going on? I, I'm sure I have, but mm. I don't know if I've really pro- like realized it. Right. You no, know, I'm sure there are people that get annoyed with me or something or lose patience. Um, but I think sometimes I don't realize it. Um, so I just kind of go on my merry way. Yeah. <laughs> um, not honest. Like, I don't feel like I've ever had to really like, well, this is why and explain something to them. Sometimes, you know, my staff, I see them. Like if some, some things have happened sometimes in the community and they'll go up to the desk or like, Hey, you know, it's, it's really loud. Can you maybe turn that down? They kind of advocate for me in a situation. Mm -hmm. I've never really had to do it myself, I guess. Yeah. Cause someone's always with me, but, um, yeah. So that would be my, probably my, my take on that. Yeah. What about your engagement with the community? What have you learned about, living with autism from the other people who you've met who are like you? Um, I don't know. I've learned that everybody's really different from each other. And yeah. like, so one person with autism might love loud music. Another one might hate it. So I learned that everybody's really different, but that sometimes you kind of have this connection because you just know, you just kind of know what the other one's going through. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's even as you mentioned earlier on, like about how some people are nonverbal, you know, some people are, uh, you know, that term highly functioning, which is um, (laughs) certainly controversial, you know, that like, you might be able to have conversations with words, but sometimes you have conversations in other ways, you know, and it sounds like you've definitely made friends within the community too. Yes, like um, some of my friends, I, I, I don't know if I can say the name the name of the channels, but... Um, yeah, please. We like, might as well um, give everyone a plug. <laughs> yeah, um, Fathering Autism. I've, yep. been, I've been hanging out with him for a while. And Lauren Asa's Brady, great. Yeah, Asa's awesome. I met yeah. them last year and we became good friends. Mm-hmm. I'm with family, Lauren Brazy, mm-hmm. um, I'm very close with. And so I met Abby and I just had, I just felt like... Even though Abby is not verbal, like, I just feel like, I don't know, we kind of like, what, like, touched hands, and I just felt like, you know, like a connection that just kind of understood, because we were both at Playlist Live, and there's like people everywhere, and I was just like, I I know Abby, I know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We know, we know each other, and Lauren says that um, I remind her so much of her daughter, 
Mm-hmm. Um, with just some of the things I do like in person and stuff and um, that we and we actually have a lot in common we like what things that light up like we mm-hmm. both love, and she had never told me any of this but she was like oh my goodness so does Ella so does Ella so does Ella so she was <laughs> That's like my mini me friend. (laughs) That's so nice. Well, it's so great that you've been able to connect not just with other people who are living with autism, but also with their caregivers and be able to like really take part in the community in that way. Yeah, it's kind of somebody had mentioned um, on one of my comments section when we went to Disney, when I went to Disney with them that I kind of completed the circle of the group Mm -hmm. because there were the kids that autism and there were the parents and caregivers, but I'm an adult. So I'm on the level with the parents in that fact that I'm an adult, but then also I have autism like the kids. So it's kind of like the connect, the connecting to the circle of our group, which yeah, I thought like was the like observation. Yeah. 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 It's really great. I mean, that's, I think that's one of the things that makes you so unique too, is that, you know, you really are bridging the gap in that way. And, and you're also willing to engage with lots of different kinds of people and that's really huge, especially when you're coming from being triggered by things like that in the past. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, I know you said that you haven't really been in situations where you've been like forced to like explain to people what was going on with you mentally, but do you feel like you've ever experienced like undue prejudice or even privilege in the system where, you know, people have because of your circumstances, maybe people have thought, well, like, gee, she's getting taken care of or, or that, you know, people are, are looking at you differently because of the way that you move through the world. Do you think that you've ever had an experience like that? I don't know. I think definitely not to my face. Right. I'm sure behind my back or it's as long as it's behind I don't care. (laughs) Like I used to care, but now I'm like, as long as you don't say it to me, I don't care what your prejudices are. I don't, I don't care. Like as long as you're treating me right and respectfully and not harming me, I, and everybody, I mean, honestly, everybody has prejudices because it's, it's kind of a human nature. It's the way we survive because we have to make judgments sometimes. And sometimes people make the wrong judgments or, about a group but the the only thing I would say I've experienced prejudice with is the is when I go to the doctor and they will almost all of them if my staff comes in with me will speak to my staff not even look at me wow not even attempt to talk to me ask them what's going on or once we're Mm -hmm. done with the exam or whatever it was um tell them what the next step is or what they think is going on and the staff I was telling you about that I have for years, she used to get so mad. She said, this is what she literally said to one doctor. She says, talk to her. She's probably smarter than you. And I was, <laughs> oh my That's gosh. awesome. She said that to the doctor, but it was very warranted because he was really, really, um, um, what's the word? Um, patronizing me, you know, yeah. he was really just talking, trying to talk over me and not, not even talk to me. And, so I thought that was really funny. So I kind of circumvented that by telling my staff, look, just wait outside. And that way they're forced to talk to me. Yeah. Once we talk for a little bit, they're like, oh, okay, you know, this will work. But I, I definitely feel bad for people that maybe aren't as verbal as me and are being ignored at appointments or not mm. taken seriously because, because they think that that person doesn't understand 
their 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 illness or their their symptoms you know yeah. and it's super frustrating and still to this day it's one of the things I fight still and my family has to even where I live sometimes I'll say you know this hurts or this I've had broken fingers and they're like oh you're fine wow. and I just you know and and like my family has to call and like look Jennifer is really in pain and they just so I experienced a lot of medical issues with medical mm-hmm. things that's so that's a- something where doctors could definitely be more aware in general, right? Like yeah. talk to your patients. <laughs> talk to your patients no matter what you think their level is and take them seriously. Just because they have a disability doesn't mean that their complaint is not valid or they're not really in pain or they're not really this. A lot of times they think you're just having a behavior issue. They yeah. think you're just having some sort of behavior or attention or or you just don't really understand what pain really is. Like I'm telling you, I've seen, been to some doctors and it's mm. been bad. And I really would like to express that. Yeah, I think that's a really fair thing to talk about. This episode is sponsored by Ember Labs, creators of the Ember Wave, the intelligent bracelet that helps control how you experience temperature. I'm heat sensitive and this device has been a lifesaver. Using patented technology, it cools or warms the temperature-sensitive skin on your wrist, creating a natural response in your body and mind that helps you thermally adjust in minutes. It was selected by Time Magazine as one of 2018's best inventions. For those of you with mounting medical costs to consider, the team at Ember offer a payment plan in partnership with a firm. And because you listen to Uninvisible Pod, they are offering you $30 off. Go to emberlabs.com, that's E-M-B-R labs.com, Enter code INVISIBLE30, that's INVISIBLE30, at checkout and experience personal thermal wellness on a whole new level with me. I mean, it's interesting because I, I want to ask you about the healthcare system and, and your experience in it. And it sounds like, you know, for sure you've had those adverse experiences where doctors haven't taken you seriously. What about, have there been experiences that have been positive in the system that have worked in your opinion and, and in your experience? Um, well, yeah, I mean, I've had doctors who like totally listened to me and actually just a a few months ago, I went to the doctor and it was for my stomach issues and she must have asked me questions for 30 minutes and really, really took everything I said seriously. So she sent me for a test and sure enough, my gallbladder was not functioning. And if she hadn't listened to me, I would still be suffering with that. So I do find sometimes... And I've also found that the younger doctors seem to be listening more. Hmm. And when I go to an older doctor, I think they're just in a different mindset sometimes. I don't know if that's, I'm not being ageist or anything. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like the differences I, in the way they were trained. The way they were trained, exactly. I was going to say, I think the training is getting better because I noticed some of the doctors I've gone to that are like, that are younger or maybe interns or something, they kind of listen more. And that I think it, they're starting to maybe train better for that. Yeah, like maybe younger doctors are more curious and, and more willing yeah. to engage with patients, right? Yeah. That's really great. So tell us about your advocacy work. Tell us about your YouTube channels and like everything that you've been doing. We want to hear all about it. Okay, so my rebranding autism is my channel and all that. And um, I... I started, it just started as actually because I used to just make piano videos all the time because I'm a musician. Yeah. And then one day I said, I reached like a thousand subscribers or something. And I made a video telling my viewers, thank you. And they're like, we like when you talk, like we like mm-hmm. your voice and we like when you talk. They said, talk more because I never <laughs> used to talk. I just set up the camera, play the song and turn it off. So 
So I was like this mystery girl. Yeah, they were missing like the best part of you. (laughs) (laughs) So I started like, well, maybe I will make a video. So I started just doing little skits and things. And that kind of led to me talking about my life. And then I kind of got more organized. And I said, maybe I will talk about what I've been through because I have a really unique story and I think perspective because I, I'm on the other side of it now. I, mm. I, and I, it's not like I've just been living with my family this whole time and had autism. Like I have been through it, state hospitals, residential schools, um, horrible treatments for behavior and, and medication, strong. I just been through it all. So I felt like I could help people because I really understand all all the parts of it now that I'm on the other side. So that's really what I'm doing. Yeah, I think it's so exciting. So you've got your YouTube channel. You've got your Instagram, which is, you know, how I found you. Yeah. What other what other um, social media channels are you using? Facebook is rebranding autism. That's actually I really like it because I can interact a lot, like on a daily basis, do poll. I've been doing this choose your own choose my adventure thing now. <laughs> where I'll, I'll let people make a choice if, if I can't decide, or just throw two choices up there, and then I'll do the thing. Or that's actually how I. I played a song today that you told me you liked. I'm sweet Caroline. That was a poll on my Facebook this morning. I was like, do you want me to play sweet Caroline or sweet home Alabama? And they (laughs) voted for sweet Caroline. And I literally sat down and learned it then and then posted it. And it was really fun. People were like, well, you know, they got what they wanted. So it's really fun to engage with people on Facebook. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, that's something where social media is really connecting you to an even bigger community. You must feel pretty great about being on social media and like living in a world where we have access to that, right? Yeah. And um, it really, um, when I, like I was saying, when I first started doing my videos, I was terrible at talking on camera and coming up with things to say. And YouTube has kind of been like therapeutic for me because I think I've become much more well-spoken and like fluent in the way I say things and um, just it's 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 actually helped me and the fact that I can reach the world even though I'm in this little town in a facility but I can reach literally reach around the world is is just amazing so I'm not limited because of my situation anymore yeah or because of like location or yeah yeah so when you do like the the choose my adventures is it always music that people are choosing or are they also like sending you new places well, I actually just started it on Sunday. I came up with the idea. Oh my I was, gosh. Yeah, I was at the sugar factory and I couldn't decide between two shakes. So I was <laughs> like, well, I'll just let the people decide. And I did it and they picked my shake. So I was like, you know, this is really fun because I'm always talking about trying new things. So why don't I let my viewers be part of me trying new things and let them feel like they can kind of be a part of the decisions. And it's a little more challenging for me because I have to like, all right, they're going to pick. Maybe it's not going to be the one I was leaning towards and I have to try that thing anyway. So I think I'm going to keep doing it with music and definitely when I'm out in the world, like make a decision for me. Should I do this or this? And I'll start even doing, should I go here or there? You know, should I visit this theme park or this theme park next? Hmm. I'm going to just keep doing it with all those things. (laughs) I think that's so great. And it's a great way to keep you developing your own skills as you're being confronted by the world, you know? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, you mentioned that you're like on the other side of it. Can you tell us a little more about the backstory, you know, and about like some of these 
perhaps darker experiences leading up to the wonderful place that you are in now? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, um, it's really, it's, it was really bad. I can just say it was really dark for years. I, I, when I was growing up, I was living at home till I was 15, but even I remember back when I was like in second grade, when my pick started and when the OCD started, I was just severely depressed and anxious all the time. And my mom was always trying to figure out what was going on with me. I did not know how to say it at all. So it was just all a secret inside of me. And, um, then when I and also now you have the words to even be able to like, yeah. understand that like that's depression and that's anxiety. Right. I didn't know that yeah. was and I thought I was the only person in the whole world that I don't think that. anyone knows what it is until someone tells yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought I was crazy and that I was the only one. So I didn't want to tell anybody because it was just ridiculous. Like these kids I was doing and these obsessions and rituals, they just try to hide them because mm. I didn't know anybody else that did those things and they didn't understand. Mm. And um, then at the age of 15, I had really um, been, um, what's the word, um, deteriorating. Yeah. Um, middle school was okay, but in high school just got really bad. And that's when I was first placed in hospitals. And I was in like met, m- like psychiatric hospitals. And mm. well, you go into a psychiatric hospital, they'll just medicate you right away. Right. Not really try to figure things out. So I was on heavy medications. I mean, you name it, I was on it. And I um, was just, um, it was a mess. I had gained so much weight. I was just sleeping all the time and it was bad. But the the epitome of the dark time was when I went to, I don't want to say the name of the facility, but they use, um, it's the only place in the United States that uses electric skin chalk um, to modify your behaviors. So they would like place, that's a therapy that's considered very outdated at this point. Yeah. And it's the, it's not like the, the ECT they do on the brain. It's Mm. not that at all. It's actually a completely different thing um, where they put electrodes on your arms and legs and other places and they'll shock you to purposely hurt you to modify your behavior. So you'll have a list of things and the staff will just sit there and watch for those things. Pretty barbaric. Anything. Yeah. It could be tensing your body um, doing waving my hands in front of my face, like any little thing they would put on there, and they were shocking me. And I was there for seven years. It was seven it was years. Seven years. I went through that wow. treatment. I was so terrified all the time, and like to the sick to my stomach all the time. Um, I was really, really skinny. You know, you could see my ribs. I wasn't eating. Mm-hmm. I was just. It was terrible. And um, so finally. Um, Long story short, because um, they had taken guardianship of me and everything, I um, was wow. able to get my family was able to get guardianship back, and they got me out of there. That's why I was there. Everyone says, well, why didn't your family do? Because they legally couldn't. I was wow. under guardianship. So it's really important. I want to just say, if you are having a, a medical or a mental um, issues, and they want you need a guardian or you want a guardian, to make sure you pick someone you trust um, in, before the courts pick someone for you. Mm. Um, that's something I re- really would like, you know, people to know if you are in that situation mm. to really make sure that's taken care of. Cause that's what happened to me. And that's why I couldn't escape where I was. And did you go like undergo any trauma therapy after this experience to help um, you process everything? 
Yeah, when I left and came to my new place, I started having nightmares, terrible nightmares, where sure. I relived it every single night, every single night. Yeah. And that's been going on. I've been here for 10 years. So literally for 10 years, every night, I'll, my staff tell me, Jen, you were yelling in your sleep. You were crying. You were this. And um, I did go to a, 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 a therapy, but it didn't help. Like mm-hmm. I didn't find it helpful. I don't really like talk talking like, uh, like I just doesn't help me I'd rather just talk to my friends and make jokes I don't really like to just sit there and talk about everything that's mm. bothering me yeah but um, um actually I I know a lot of people would probably I don't know how it what how you know what they believe but I actually have been praying to have to God to heal me of these nightmares and actually I was healed mm. and I my nightmares have gone away and I'm doing so much better. And that's just recently in the past couple months. So mm. yeah, but I was suffering for a long time. Yeah. Wow. But it, what's amazing is that it sounds like you found what worked for you and you, yeah. you made the adjustments you needed to do that like prayer worked for you. Yes. Maybe talk therapy would work for someone else. And that's right. a service that's available where you are, you know, but like you found the thing that worked for you and that's wonderful. Yes. And look at this joy that you're able to share with other people. Yes. It's, I, I mean, I really am, I just think you're so exceptional because you know, for one person to contain so much happiness and to be able to share it with other people is like, that's already amazing. But you're also doing it while spreading awareness of autism and like mental health disorders and like all different kinds of experiences. And it's so important for people to know that and to know what rights they have in the way that yeah. you're with people. Yeah. It's really great. You're, you're very like lucky to be where you are, but also it sounds like you're really well taken care of and like things have worked out the way they were meant to, huh? Yes, definitely blessed. And I know I'm a happy person. Like everybody's different that some people are just more mellow, you know, and don't show their excitement as much. But my mom said, and I remember doing this ever since I was little, when I was born, once I could talk, she would wake me up in the morning and I'd say, mom, today's going to be a good day. And she said, mm-hmm. I always said that in the morning. And um, so she said, I was just always really happy. I think Positive that's person. My, yeah, that's just been, that was my way I was programmed. So it's, this it's is a good like, default. <laughs> yeah, it's my natural self. I'm not like trying to be this joyful person or portray this joyful person. No, I just, that's how you are. Yeah, the joy in my heart. You know, I got God in my heart and then the joy. And I just, that's really just the way I am now. You know, of course I have bad days. I get sad. I get mad, you know, like everybody else and get depressed sometimes. But um, I just, I think that by default, I'm a joyful person. Yeah. Well, and you're also, you found ways to cope with when you're having a low day or when you're having an angry day. You Like you have activities, I presume that like you, you turn to that you're like, this is how this makes me feel better. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm wondering, I like to wrap up my interviews with a couple of top three lists. Okay. I wonder if you could give us your top three tips for someone who maybe like, maybe they've already been diagnosed with autism. Maybe they think maybe something's going on and they haven't been diagnosed or they're feeling confused or afraid. Maybe they're in a bad living situation what would you recommend for people in that kind of situation? What would your top three tips be? Hmm. You asked me a tough question, Laura. I know. <laughs> That's my job. <laughs> um, I don't, I think I mean, that. Few great tips already. Yeah. I think the first thing is um, whether you've been diagnosed or you haven't been diagnosed, 
like if you're having symptoms of something or you have a, something that's ongoing that where you really have issues with, with things, to not hate yourself for it. Mm-hmm. Whether it's actually you have autism or not, or you're just sensitive or whatever the reason is, don't beat yourself up and hate yourself for your 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 quirks and your intricacies. You know, um, I think that's the first thing I would say to just accept 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 your flaws and things. And that's everyone has flaws, so don't hate yourself for that. Um, that you're not alone in having and, yeah and that's like no matter what craziness you think you're going through like someone else feels like that too and you're you're not the only one who's probably having those thoughts or doing that weird that weird action or ritual or you know whatever you're doing and um, people do understand even if your family doesn't understand or your friends there are definitely people out there that feel that understand so now with the wonderful terrible and wonderful internet you know (laughs) you can find your corner of the world and you can find a group of people that you can probably relate to yeah definitely Mm -hmm. definitely that is an awesome tip do you have more I feel like that's like the (laughs) answer is like every question possible (laughs) Uh, one more tip I would say to not um to like find ways to enjoy life mm. even in your situation um find something you can do that that you really like you know you have permission to have fun you don't always have to be miserable or thinking about oh maybe this is wrong with me or this you know just have time fun time to be a human and do do nice things and like every morning I make my coffee like it's Starbucks. I treat myself. I put whipped cream and cinnamon. I make it look pretty. <laughs> Will you come and make my coffee? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just an experience that I give to myself every day. Like little things like that just to, you know, keep yourself, I don't know, treat yourself well. Yeah, treat yourself. <laughs> yeah, treat yourself. <laughs> and what about... um I mean, you sort of just started touching on this, but top three things that give you unbridled joy that you're totally unwilling to compromise on, whether it's your Starbucks in the morning or, <laughs> you know, it could be comfort activities. It could be even like guilty pleasures, anything that like just gives you super amounts of joy that you want to share with everyone. Hmm. Well, definitely my first one would be my faith in God because it's very important to me yeah. and very part, much a part of me. Yeah. Second would have to be music because I'm a musician. It just I just want to play music all the time on the piano, sing, play guitar. So I couldn't lose that. Like I yeah. couldn't compromise on on music. Um, I would have to say third would be no. like my third thing would be um, just spending quiet time in my house. Like with my dog, because <laughs> when everything's going crazy, I'm like, I just want to hug lemonade and sit on my couch. <laughs> so, yeah, that would be my third thing. Just that quiet time that when I'm yeah. home and just hug my dog. That's so great. I love that. And is there anything else that you'd like to add that you haven't shared with us yet today? Um, let's see. I just wanted to share that um, something my mom told me once mm. that um kind of changed my whole way of thinking and that is we were in the grocery store and we were trying to it was busy and every time I got in front of somebody I was like oh I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry and was just like dodging and apologizing my mom got so sick of it she says Jennifer you have a right to be in this world as much as anyone else you don't need to apologize for taking up your own space 
And that like hit me right then and there. And I would like to pass that on to other people because it was one of the most wise and awesome things she ever said to me. She's a wise lady. That mm-hmm. was way up there. And I just want other people to know like you have a right to be in this world as much as anyone else. You have a place in this world. And so don't apologize and don't be, don't think that you're, you're, you're less than, or you don't, it, well, that's not for me or that's not for me because you just as much as anyone else. Doesn't matter if it's Kim Kardashian and you, you are just as important and just as valuable. I think that's so beautiful. And last but not least, tell us where everyone can find you so they can follow you. You can find me at Rebranding Autism on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram. I have two Instagrams, but it's just easy to say Rebranding Autism on all of them. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, and I also my music is Jen Masumba Music, and you can find that on Facebook and YouTube as well. Jen, it has been such an honor to talk to you. You're such a light. Um, not just in your community, but in this whole world, in all the communities. It's just so wonderful to soak up some of your wisdom today. And um, your mom did right. (laughs) Um, You're just a really wonderful person. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. And you're welcome, Lauren. That's it, folks. Thanks for listening. As always, please check us out online at uninvisiblepod.com and all over the social media world at uninvisiblepod. We love your feedback and suggestions, so please drop us a line via the website if you have questions, ideas for topics to cover in future episodes, or just want to say hello. We're all about relationships and collaboration here, so credit where credit is due. Music for this episode is by Sean Hart, who can be found at seanhart.com. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts.